You're listening to Outlandish Outcasts at outlandishoutcasts.com. Welcome to Outlandish Outcasts. I'm your host, Al. With me, as always, the lovely Desi. How you doing tonight, Desi? Good. Just good. I'm fantastic. Fantastic? Yes. Okay. Can't you hear the enthusiasm? Yeah, it doesn't, you don't sound voice. overly enthused. I am overly You must not have enthused. good stories. That's that's what I'm concluding right now. We haven't even started and they must not be good. I have amazing stories. My stories are always better than yours, Mr. Oh. Negative. I better not comment because I have some negative ones coming, I'm sure. So. <laughs> <laughs> Mine are positive for the most part. Hmm. Well, I don't like anything to be positive in a day and age when I might have to get a test for something. I don't want them turning up positive. Well, my blood type <laughs> is positive. Yeah, so is mine. Mine's B positive. Mine's O B, positive. B positive. B, B, B positive. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cool. Cool. I believe you are first tonight. I so am. it is your turn to tell me something that better be interesting. This is interesting. Okay. Okay. So... An estate sale near Lansing, Michigan, turned up a truly shocking artifact when an auctioneer discovered a graveyard headstone among a client's kitchen. Yes, kitchen item. They a, used it in their kitchen. Use it for like a cutting board or something? <laughs> like... <laughs> that might have been a little bit... I don't know. It's just a still weird. Okay. Okay. So the homeowner had for years used the smooth side of a marble gravestone slab as a hard surface to make her seasonal fudge. Really? Mm-hmm. And marble is about the right because you can keep it cool. Yeah. No, I mean, that's well, they make countertops out of marble for a reason, <laughs> I would imagine. And so, yeah. It was only when she had moved to a care facility. Um, that her family enlisted the auctioneer services that the strange discovery was me- made. Neither she or nor her family members said they could figure out how or when the gravestone turned fudge board Did it, came into her possession. On the non-smooth side, is there a name? Was it like a use? <laughs> was it actually somebody's gravestone or was it just a... It like, was. Oh. It was. Okay. So uh, the auctioneer... When he had discovered this, he located the local historic cemetery preservation group, which I had no clue that was such a thing. But apparently, okay, it was. I'd almost like to work there. I that would be kind of cool. Nobody would really complain because they're all dead. That would be kind of a cool job. <laughs> but they began a search for any possible li- living relatives, and they couldn't find any. But they did locate the headstone less grave in Lassine, um Mount Hope Cemetery. And it seemed that when uh, Peter J. Weller died in 1849, his family buried him in Oak Park Cemetery. So he had been moved from one cemetery to the other, which it does happen. That's oh, yeah, not no, an uncommon th- that thing. That happens. Um, I don't think it's very common for the headstone to go missing. But <laughs> but he was moved in 1875, and his headstone never made it. So fudge making is certainly one way to give... Uh, worn items, new life. <laughs> <laughs> you could say that again. <laughs> but nearly 150 years later, Weller's grave and headstone, which the preservation group did restore, um, they've been reunited since then. Like how? They put his gravestone. No, no, not how grave. do they restore? How does she end up with this gravestone? I have no idea. She didn't know either. 
But 150 years, you have to think that she either a found it at a rummage sale. That could be, or maybe maybe even passed down from somebody. Like was making this is what I used to use to make fudge. I'll teach you how to make fudge on it, and y'all pass nice it down to you. Nice marble slab, and you're like, yeah. Hmm, look at all these weird letters that's insane and there was no known relative so obviously there was no relationship here even yeah just so wow so that's crazy creepy. it's one of those unsolved mysteries that is creepy that we'll never know the answer to it'd be a lot you know a lot cooler if she would have like accidentally named the fudge after the dude <laughs> could have been the weller fudge yeah <laughs> like that, something like that would have been cool but it is weird like I can't imagine, like, all of a sudden finding out that, you know, Grandma, who's been making us fudge forever, has been making it on a gravestone, and we didn't even know it. I'm dead. And I've always thought, like, that's... (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I've always thought, like, I mean, cemeteries are creepy. And, like, when... Not really. Not really, but as to a kid, they are, anyway. When I was a kid, we used to, like, play around in cemetery. Okay. And... One time we're playing in the cemetery and I'm running around and I look at the back of this gravestone and there's a skeleton key. A actual skeleton key or yes. it was engraved in there? No, an actual skeleton key. Okay. And because I'm a jackass 10-year-old <gasps> kid, I took it, of course, because I'm a jackass Alan. 10-year-old kid. But to this day, I wonder, what the heck would a skeleton p- no key do? I wonder why your life grave? is so shitty and you ended up with me. You took the key. I did. I took the key. I took the key. I was supposed to unlock somebody's you know, eternal life, maybe, and I took it. No, it was the key to their... In- ex- oh, my God. I, I was a stupid 10-year-old kid and running around town. For that... Your life, you're with me now. I've been punished forever. Eternity. Eternity. Over a skeleton key. That's crazy. Too bad you don't remember the name on the... Or do you remember where it is? I remember the general location. We should look into this. We could. We could. I I could probably come close to figuring it out. I mean... That's sad. It's in my hometown cemetery. Not hard to find out. Like, Not many graves. I mean, there's a few thousand graves, but I know the general area I found it in. Not many graves. Yeah. So That's sad. Yeah, kind of stupid. Stupid kid. Stupid, stupid sad, kid yeah. thing. But it freaked me out when I was a kid. Like, it I freaked thought this, you out, but yet you took it. I took it's it because I was so like, do. I was so into like the thought of paranormal things at that point in my life, like so really into that kind of stuff. And I thought this key was like, a possessed key that was going to do something for my life. Like it, it did. It brought you me. <laughs> so it was a good luck charm. If you want to <laughs> put it that way. <laughs> and, I, and to tell you the truth, I remember taking the key. I have no memory of the key after that night. So I couldn't tell you where it ever went. I couldn't tell you what I did with it. I might have given it. I was running around with a bunch of friends. Could have given it to one of them. I don't know. You know, who knows? wonder if one of your friends or... Are- possessed maybe ended maybe. up in a insane asylum. you know shortly after that i did have a friend who just up and like disappeared well i mean his family moved away but <laughs> in my head he up and disappeared <laughs> funny funny anyway sorry for the tangent on you know revealing how horrible of a person i am you were 10 i was 10 that i was... might have been younger than 10 10 is just a number i picked that out of my head that is almost sad i could though, not have been older than 10 
It's a possibility I was seven Could or eight. Could you imagine that family? We should go look in the vicinity and see if anybody's like gravestone has a quote on it about a key. We could, yeah, that'd be a good idea. That'd be a good like, idea. Like, and then maybe reach out to the family and be like, he was a crappy 10 year old. He's sorry. <laughs> he has no idea where the key is. But what was the meaning to the key? Yeah, I'm, I'm curious. I really am. You'll never find that answer. I'm sure I will not. So sad. Anyway, buckle up. Because this is going to be a little bit of a I long one. I don't have a seatbelt. We're not in a car. This one's going to be a, not super duper long, but a little bit of a long one. Great. We're not talking long like, you know. Good thing my next one's super short. Well, and this is my only really long and one. And it'll be positive. Be positive. Be, yeah. be positive. positive. I can't think of B without 11. B. 11. B. B. 11. Bingo! <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I am going to tell a story. I'm scared. About a hotel room. You kind of already did tell a story, just not about a hotel room. Yeah, well, this is a hotel. This is a hotel. No, this is a story about a hotel room in the President Hotel in Kansas City, Missouri. Okay. It is um, room 1046. Okay. On the early afternoon of January 2nd, 1935. Okay. Um, Ronald T. Owen, at least that's the name he gave at the front desk, walks into the hotel president, um, which is now in the Power and Lights District of Kansas City, Missouri. Uh, he asked for an interior room. Uh, there are several floors in the hotel, and the interior room would give him an overlook of the courtyard, not the street. Okay. Uh, he says his name is Owen or Ronald T. Owen. He's from Los Angeles. Gives him an address from Los Angeles. Uh, he's dressed in a suit, uh, dark overcoat. He's got no bags or anything with him. He paid for one night, and staff noted that in addition to a visible scar on his temple, he had a cauliflower ear. Okay. Now. So the, ta- the staff immediately assume he's probably a wrestler or a boxer. That's very common in those days for wrestlers, even nowadays for wrestlers or boxers, to get a cauliflower ear from getting hit in the side of the head. Um, they also believed him to be in his early 20s. Uh, Randolph Propst, he's the bellhop. He brought Owen up in the elevator to the 10th floor. Uh, on the way up, uh, Owen told him that he had spent the previous night at a nearby Mullenbach Hotel, but he found the $5 a night rate way too high, which is, you know, for kind of an example, you know, it's about $100 in today's dollars per night. So it was $5 a night at the Mulholland. This place was cheaper. I'm not sure how much this place was. Um, Probst opened the room to 1046. Uh, the guest request was uh, inside overlooking the courtyard. Um, he watched Owen take a hairbrush, a comb, and toothpaste from his pocket. That was all he had with him. Okay. Uh, after Owen put those items on the, above the sink, he and Propes left the room. Uh, the bellboy returned to lock the room and gave Owen, Owen the key. Uh, all these hotel rooms do not lock from the inside and only lock from the outside in this hotel. Which is weird, I thought. Why? But whatever, <laughs> it's not my hotel. Um, after returning to the lobby, he saw Owen leave the hotel. A short time afterwards, uh, Mary Soptic, she is one of the hotel's maids. 
she came in for her for, for her afternoon shift. She went up to 1046 because she's supposed to clean it, and she was surprised to find Owen sitting there. Uh, the previous night, a woman had been in the room, so she was kind of shocked when she walked in and saw a man standing there. Uh, she apologized and said she could go, ahead, and he said she could go ahead and clean the room. She shed? She shed, yeah. She shed, 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 yeah. <laughs> anyway, while she was cleaning the room, uh, she noticed that he had the shades drawn, and one tiny, one dim lamp was on, and this would remain the case every time she encountered Owen in his room. Um, he was either worried about, she felt like he was either worried about something or afraid for some reason. She didn't really explain, she didn't really go into detail, but that was a feeling she got. Uh, after she'd been cleaning for a mu- few minutes, Owen put his overcoat on, brushed his hair, and then left. But he asked her, please leave the room unlocked because he's ex- expecting friends in a few minutes. So uh, Soptic did as she asked, or as he asked. At 4 p.m., she returned to the room with freshly laundered towels. Inside the room, it was dark, and she saw Owen lying on the bed, fully dressed. Uh, visible in the light from the hallway was a note beside his ta- on the bedside table that read, Dawn, I'll be back in 15 minutes. Wait. So that's a note sitting on the side of the bed, just saying, Don, I'll be back. Okay. The next morning, Soptic returns to the room around 10.30. The door was locked, so she assumed that Owen was out since the room could only be locked from the outside. She opened the door with her key and turns out he was sitting there in the dark. As she walks in the door, the phone rang. Owen picked up the phone and says, quote, No, Don, I don't want to eat. I'm not hungry. I just had breakfast. No, I'm not hungry. And he hangs up the phone. Uh, so Soptic went on to clean the room that day like she would, and Owen asked her about her job as she was cleaning, and he wanted to know if she was responsible for cleaning the entire floor and if there was reg- residential people living at this hotel or not. Um, he also repeated the complaint about the Mullenbach's exorbitant rates after she had, and then she had finished cleaning and she left. At uh, 4 p.m., Soptic returned with fresh towels. Inside room 1046, she could hear two men talking. So she knocked. A voice she described as loud and deep and not like Owen's asked who it was. She responded that she had brought fresh towels, and the voice said, We don't need any. Soptic knew there were no t- t- towels in the room because she had brought them all out that morning. Two hours later, a Jean Owen, who lives in Lee's Summit, which is a town near Kansas City, checked into the hotel after having shopped in the city for a few hours. Okay. Uh, feeling sick, she decided not to drive back home that night and was given room 1048. Her boyfriend, who worked in a flower shop in the city, came to visit her at 920, stayed for a couple hours, and later that night, she told police she heard men and women talking loudly and profanely all night long, coming out of 1046. Okay. Um, Owen was not the, this, this, uh, Gene Owen was not the only person uh, to note that unusual activity on the 10th floor, the elevator op- operator, Charles Blocker, uh, he began his shift at midnight, reported that he was fairly busy until about 1.30 a.m. 
because uh, it was a busy night at the hotel and that floor was kind of rocking, a lot of little parties going on. Um, but it started to calm down around 1.30, he said. He did recall one visitor in particular. It was a woman he'd seen at the hotel visiting male guests in his room. Uh, he assumed she was a prostitute, kind of going room to room. Um, eventually, the night goes on. He actually sees this woman going floor to floor, room to room, quite a bit. Like I said, she just... Floor to floor, so he's like following her? He's or? the elevator operator. Oh, so gotcha. Okay. He can see I anytime heard that and then I spaced that out. So the next morning, January 4th, 7 a.m., uh, a switch new switchboard operator named Della Ferguson comes on her shift. And she's getting ready to make the requested wake-up calls to all the rooms, and she noticed that the phone in room 1046 is off the hook because there's a light that flashes when a, room, when a phone is off the hook in a room. Okay. Um, so Propes, the, the bellhop who had originally led um, Owen to his room two days before, Went up to that. Went up to room ten forty six to find to you know find out what's going on. He knocked on the door. There was a do not disturb sign hanging there, but he did knock on the door. Nobody answered. Knocked on the door again, and then a voice told him, you know, enter. However, he couldn't because he didn't have a key. Doors locked, and this guy didn't bring his key with him. Okay. So, finally, uh, Propes, the the bellhop at this point tells him. Just hang up your phone. Your phone's off the hook. Just hang up your phone. And he walks away, assuming that he must have, partying the night before, must have gotten drunk, knocked over the phone or something, whatever. So just told him to hang it up. Um, <clears throat> Propes, the bellhop, told Ferguson, the, the uh, switch operator, that the guest in room 1046 was probably drunk. She should wait another hour. And at 8.30 a.m., the phone had still not been hung up. Another bellboy, Harold Pike, was sent to the 10th floor. The do not disturb sign still on the door, still locked, but Pike did have his key, let himself inside, and he found Owen in the dark, lying on the bed, naked, apparently drunk. Um, he said the light from the hallway showed some dark spots on the bedding, but rather than turning on the light to disturb him, he decided to just go over to the phone, hang it up, walked out the door. <laughs> Weird, okay. Shortly after 10.30 a.m., the operator noted that the room in ten, the phone, once again, in room 1046, was off the hook. Once again, Propes went to the room to see what was going on. Do not disturb sign still there. Uh, this time, you know, he's got his key. He enters, or he knocks first, enters, gets no response, enters. Uh, and he finds Owen on his knees and elbows, two feet away from the door. His head is bleeding. Uh, he turned the light on to notice there is blood all over the room. That the guest, Owen, has a cord wrapped around his neck. Looks like he's got stab wounds in his chest. He's in rough shape. Still alive, is but in rough shape. the telephone cord by chance? Hmm? <laughs> the telephone cord around his neck by chance? You know, all that said was a cord. That would might make sense that it was a telephone cord, being that we've had so many... <laughs> So many issues phone with issues. the with the with the phone. That's definitely possible. Mm-hmm. Um, the the bellhop left the room, calls the police. Police show up. They search the room. He does have stab wounds in his chest. There's no knife in the room at all, and this door was locked from the outside. 
um, he the, the detective asks him, you know, who did this to you? And his answer was nobody. He said nobody. He said I fell and hit my head on the bathtub. <clears throat> okay. Those were his last words. Oh my god. He passed away on his way to the hospital. He was probably out of it completely. I'm guessing, yes. Yes. <laughs> For sure. So they they did an autopsy on him. Uh turns out, you know, yes, the cause of death was a combination of the stab wounds, blunt force trauma to the head, things like that. That was what caused his death. And they ruled that his death this had been afflicted in between four and five AM. So the first time the bellhop came in the room, this had already happened. That's crazy. When he noticed the dark spots on the bed, that's blood that he saw and didn't realize it because it's dark. It was dark. You know. So life could have been saved maybe even because we're talking, you know, hours earlier or whatever. But anyway, so they contact, the police in Kansas City contact the Los Angeles Police Department because they're like, well, he said he's from L.A. And they have no record of this guy in L.A. So they reach out to the media and start running uh, newspaper stories about him showing his picture, you know, does anybody recognize him, blah, 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 things like that. Nobody comes forward initially. And the funeral home decides, well, we got to do something with his body. So they put put in the paper that we're going to have a viewing for him on such and such a day. And then he's going to be buried in what they would call a pauper's grave. A pauper's grave? I it, guess I've never seen heard of that. It, it, it would be a... a, a, a a cemetery used only for people who aren't identified or can't afford a burial, you know. Jane Doe or... Yeah, things like that. The next day after the story runs, before his funeral is to take place, the funeral home gets a call, an anonymous call that says, do not bury him in a pauper's grave. I'm sending you money. I want him buried in the Kansas City Memorial Cemetery and we'll pay for it. And the person on the other end of the phone hangs up. Okay, that's weird. The next day, money arrives paying for the funeral services and burial for him, for Owen. So they decide to have the funeral services at the funeral. Flowers show up. And a card with the flowers just say, love, Julia. (laughs) Weird. Yeah, definitely weird. (laughs) So... After this happens, the police get a call. And the police get a call saying that the stories they have about Owen in the paper are all wrong. But that's all the person says, and they hang up. And there's all these little things that don't really go anywhere in this story, which drive me absolutely crazy. Then why would you do the story? Because a year after Owen was buried, his mother came forward after identifying him in a magazine article and they had a picture of him. There's a lady from Arkansas. His name was actually Artemis Ogletree. (laughs) He was 17 years old. Okay. And he was hitchhiking from Arkansas to Los Angeles when he disappeared. Weird part is, after his death, his mother kept getting letters from him. But typed letters from him. So not handwritten letters, but typed letters from him. So she couldn't even identify if it was And she actually... says he couldn't type. That's her. I mean, anybody can learn. 
whatever. But, but her words he were he couldn't write. type, so I don't I don't I don't believe this. But these letters had him everywhere from New York to Australia. Okay, that's weird. Which doesn't really make any sense at all. Like no. how he's kind of bouncing all over the place. I mean it could happen. Over as recently as two thousand ten a book was written about this case and there is no evidence. There is no new leads on anything. Well, obviously. This guy just, there's some theories. There's some theories that this Don that he was on the phone with could have been, he could have been, you know, involved with the mob at that time. It's definitely possible. Um, there is speculation that they could have been lovers, and it's definitely not acceptable at that time. There was also rumors that he was engaged to be married to a girl, but cheated on her, and this was all a ruse to get her. You know, to, she was mad at him, so she plotted his his death. Who knows? I just thought this story has so many unanswered things and went in so many directions. And the whole tell staff the whole time, like, it's almost like they're like, well, you know, we better go check on that guy. And then they go check on him, and they're like, well, yeah, no, the murder's not quite here yet, because like, they'd notice weird things, but then they just walk away. <laughs> Until finally he was like, you know, in their face, like, hey, I'm dying. I thought huh. that was really weird. That but is weird. Just a weird story of, uh, yeah, guy's name, Artemis Ogletree, Kansas City in 1935. So sad. Very so sad. sad. And he was only 17 years old. That is sad. 17-year-old kid. I mean, 1935. in front of him. Yeah. He was probably going to L.A. to be a movie star or something like yeah, that. Yeah, or maybe he was a boxer or a wrestler or something like that. He did have the cauliflower ear, so maybe. it was very possible. But you can get that from other things, No, of course too. you can get that from other things. Could yeah. have been a farmer and got yeah. kicked in the head. Yeah. Who knows? It's very possible. Very possible. So. But yeah, that is my, my unsolved mystery of the week. Dun, dun, dun. Well... I have a lot of unsolved mysteries solved in my next story. Ooh. And this actually comes from one of my, something I learned from a young child again. Okay. Something you learned from a young child or as a young child? No, from a young child. Okay. It's like the walking sharks we learned from one of our daughter's friends mm -hmm. type thing. Well, I learned this from a younger child, like blew my mind. Didn't even realize it was a thing, and I even questioned the child. Okay. Like, this actually is a thing? <laughs> uh-huh. Oh. And then I did the research and went, huh. Hmm. So, massive Asian hornets viciously attack a hive of unsuspecting honeybees. I know you heard me yeah, say Yeah, I heard this. you talking about hornets attacking bees. And I was like, huh? That's well, weird. Well, it's a thing. It's a thing. So, apparently, it was happening in Washington. Okay. So, um, I watched a little video. I also read a few articles, but National Geographic put out a video on, on the Asian hornets. Um, and they are actually five times bigger than the honeybee. Honeybees aren't all that small in my mind. No, I always so, think honeybees are being fairly large, so five so times bigger than a I bee. I think like... of a size of my thumb. Yeah. I don't want that's, it around me. Yeah, no, that's huge. <laughs> so their stinger, which I'm going to whisper so our son doesn't hear, mm -hmm. is like a nail going into the skin. Holy cow. Um, One hornet can kill up to 40 bees in a minute. A minute. That's mm -hmm. insane. 30 hornets can take out 
uh, 30,000 bees in a few hours. Holy so it's like a whole colony, a yep. whole hive. Um, hornets then will gorge on the spools of honey, and then they take the larvae and the pupae uh, from the hives back to their nest, and this is where their young will feed on it for a few weeks. Okay. So they attack them to feed their so it's young. So it's, it's a whole survival thing for them. Mm-hmm. It's how they feed. So bees, they will try to fight the hornets, but they haven't evolved enough uh, to defend the gi- mm-hmm. defend against the giant invader. That's so, crazy. So it is kind of crazy. And again, something I learned from a 10-year-old. Yeah. Like, mind-blown. Like, That's one of those what? things, like, I can, uh, you know, and I can just see a kid having this question because it doesn't make sense to me. It's like, why do we have these things? Like, And I was like, do they really? <laughs> In my mind, I'm like, they don't really. Why would they? Yeah. And then I'm understanding why they're questioning it. Cause I'm questioning it too. Yeah. And then I look into it. Wasp, in the fall, they want the sweet stuff. Yeah. But then they're also taking for the protein for their young. For their young. Yeah. And it's like mind blown <laughs> from a 10-year-old. Crazy. That is crazy. So things you learn from them. Yeah. But you learn it because you want to explain it to them too. Yeah. Like, it's just crazy. Crazy. That is crazy. That is crazy. I love learning. I love science. And maybe in our lifetime, it could happen. We could watch the honeybees evolve to be able to protect themselves. Yeah, we could. I hope we do because we really need the. the could you honey- imagine? Honeybees are very five necessary. Five times bigger, though. That'd be a little weird. Because it would be like a macro evolution, it yeah. wouldn't be a, a micro. Yeah. That like, would be weird, for sure. That would be weird. But they can't be... I mean, if they're taken out, we're in big trouble because we use oh, them to pollinate in, just about everything Actually, we do I learned throughout country, all so. this on other things, not this video, the National Geographic thing, but uh, hornets, wasps, they all pollinate, too. Oh, do they? See, Who I didn't knew? know that. I didn't know that. I Who thought knew? I didn't know they pollinated at all. They do. Huh. I suppose they're just harder... They we don't, don't think of it... They pollinate like I'm, honeybees I'm guessing do. they're harder to control. So, like, people literally on the business of, like, renting their bees to, like, cashew farms in California to pollinate them. But they don't make you know. honey. So, yeah. the purpose of having the honeybees for businesses is because you're going to have... This honey that you can turn around and sell. Yeah, but I mean, like, don't do that. I watched a documentary on this not that long ago, and this business didn't sell their honey at all. It was like it literally all they did was rent their bees. That was their business. But they were they rented their bees bees to farms to pollinate, just to pollinate the crop. They'd rent them to farms to pollinate their crop. They could get wasps for that. They would rent. But the only thing is, cashew farms is a big thing in California. You can't really control. Yeah, I'm sure it's harder to control them than it's to control honeybee. When they have a nest, how are you going to move it? Yeah, no. Because a lot of times in a crop, they're probably going to be underground. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. No, it's easier to control bees because you can move a hive and they're going to follow it. They're going to follow it. Yep. Hmm. Weird. Crazy. Definitely some interesting information. For sure. So, my next story. This comes from from the UK. From uh, the Glasbury Festival. It's a big music festival. Glasbury? I think of Glaze Donuts. It's a music festival. a little festival. bit of a stretch. Music festival that happens every year. It didn't happen in 2020 for oh. obvious reasons. Oh, yeah. Um, but the last time it happened was in 2019, and it had some very interesting side effects. And they're, so with okay. the date coming up in 2021 where it's about to be held, officials are warning the public that are attending this music festival about a few things. 
Okay. It's an outdoor music festival. Okay. In a very wooded area. No, I can understand this. I've been to like I've been to a, a rock fest in Chippewa Falls, Wisconsin. It's just in the middle of a field. Well, not just a field. There's but it's woods not all wooded. over. There's but some it's woods. It's around, but, but it's in a field. Yeah. Okay. I mean, outdoor music festival. One thing about this is there's a major river nearby that kind of runs through it. Okay. And what they have found is a bunch of natural wildlife are dying from the 2019 date of this festival. Ooh. Because of the high levels of MDNA and cocaine that have been oh found in the water from festival goers urinating outside into the oh river. Oh my God, I would never think. I would never either. In urine. <laughs> I would never I mean, you would almost, you should almost think that because when you sweat, I mean, I've heard of sweat. I never thought of. Yes. So. Maybe if um, I use cocaine, I'd know this. Yeah. They have (laughs) tested like ultra high levels of MDNA and cocaine in in the water levels. And because it's so close to this river that it doesn't have time, that it it gets to the river before it kind of seeps down far enough to filter itself out through the natural, you know, filtering system of the earth and the water. It gets to the river first and it's causing some serious problems. So the festival this year is begging their people to please use the porta potties that that are supplied at this music festival. Um, because obviously it's a music festival. At some point, they're going to hit. Mm, you are not going to stop. Go right here. You are not going to stop the usage of drugs. <laughs> but they are trying to stop. And they, I mean, they did a bunch of studies in the last since 2019 on how this happened. And there, the conclusion is it is people urinating into the soil close enough to the river where it makes where this makes it there and they it is, need to put like a little splatoon type thing where like a urinal like a stadium urinal where good idea. it's up like a wall and they can't pass yeah. the area and then they're peeing into the thing that drains there is a there is actually an endangered uh, species of eel a river eel that has um Almost went extinct because of this. It's the only okay. space. It's I located. understand every animal somehow contributes to an ecosystem. Yeah, kill the eel. I don't know how they contribute. I don't. But either. eels, ugh. yeah, eels are kind of gross. Kind of gross. Ew, but they're like snakes in a freaking lake. It's, it's not their fault that somebody had to get high and take a piss. <laughs> but if they're gone, it's their natural habitat. People can probably swim there then. Maybe. Gross. But yeah, so if you are going to an outdoor festival, music festival this summer, please use the, you know, porta potties and don't just pee anywhere because it has consequences. It's the right thing to do. Yes. Well, my next story, I was kind of hoping it was going to be one of those last story type things. Oh. And it's not a quiz, but it is. Not a quiz, but it is? Yeah, 48 answers. Holy but Jesus. Okay, so 48 things you didn't know how to name. So I'm going to list the thing and I want to see if you know. Because I don't want to say it and then you go, oh, I knew that. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm going to be like, bullshit. Okay. So, so the space between your eyebrows is called? No clue. The gobella. Okay. So, yep, it connects your your brow ridge. Hmm. So, um, so 
the smell of rain, the clean greenish aroma. When it rains, it hits the dry ground. You know what that's called? Nope. I didn't realize there was a name for that myself. And I'm always like, I love the smell right before it rains. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called petrichor. Petrichor. Okay. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And you know when your leg falls asleep mm-hmm. and then it starts to wake up? Yeah. That prickly feeling yeah, that I always call it, the pins tingly, and needles. Yeah. Do you know what that's called? I don't know what that's called either. Parasithesa. Okay. Who knew? I mean, I'm sure there, yeah, you're going to have a list of 48 things. I don't know what You never were. know because there was one thing on here I actually knew and some of them are kind of funny. So having difficulty getting out of bed in the morning. I suffer from this. I call this desiism. No, <laughs> it should be though. Um, it's not just the way that makes you want to crawl back under the covers. It's not actually a medical condition, sadly enough though. <laughs> but it can impact people's life negatively because okay. mine can. <laughs> it's called dysania. Dysania. It's close to my name. It's close. That is close. Um. This is for you. Illegible handwriting. Okay. Is Griffin Griffinage. Griffinage? Yep. Griffinage. Okay. It's not Irish. It is in my in my oh mind. Oh my god. Okay, so the unreachable spot between your shoulder blades, you know, like when you have an itch and you can't reach it there, so you like like yeah. me, I grab my hairbrush or a fork or something, butter knife, throw it in the sink after. <laughs> no clue. <laughs> Acnic- acnectus. Acnectus. Okay. So, um, this is a word or a phrase that reads the same forward as it does backwards. Mom, race car, taco cat. That is, uh, hold on, hold on. I know this one. I know this one. <laughs> <sighs> Onomatopoeia. No. No. Onomatopoeia yeah, is a poem. Yeah, that, no, that <laughs> it is. I, it is. I know, but it. <sighs> tell me it. I'm gonna. I'm gonna kick myself as soon as you tell me the word. Palindromes. A palindrome. It's palindrome. palindrome. I try. That's a big word. Um, and then a word that means one thing forward and another backwards. No idea. Some. Sebnita lap, Seneta lap, and then. Okay. So, like, for example, um, diaper repaid. Yeah, I, I get it. I, I get it. Okay. I didn't have a clue what. Sonorta lap. Sonorta itself lap. reads backwards. Palindrome. Oh, palindrome. Okay. <laughs> That's funny. Mm-hmm. That's funny. So. Somebody had a sense of humor when they made that up. <laughs> so, silent letter, like. Night with the K, mm-hmm. um, fight or Diango Athongs. No idea. The word is Athongs. Athongs. So the K is an Athong on night. Okay. Okay. So if you only clean up your front lawn and you might have your back lawn is like all full of crap. Okay. Not clean. It's dirty. Okay. It's a lawn mullet. A lawn mullet. You know, like yeah, business that makes in sense. the front, yeah, yeah, party in the it. back. I get it. <laughs> I get it. That's funny. So the person with your name who shows up in Google results is a. I think I know this one, and I I can't think. 
I've heard this before. I'm sure you have. I don't know. You want me to give you a hint? Just give me the answer. Somebody that looks a lot like you is a... That would be a doppelganger. Okay. But somebody who has your name and is in Google. Google Google ganger? Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Google ganger. Makes sense. Makes sense. The bits at the end of a shoelace are called... Oh, I used to know I've this. I've heard this before, too, and I don't remember. I don't remember it, though. Eglets. Okay. Okay, so it's the bit at the end of a pencil that holds the eraser in place. These are not just on pencils, though. They're any metal bit that holds two things together. A metal... You know the metal piece on a pencil. Yeah, I know. Yeah. What, I, I know what the metal piece on a pencil. It's I like a tent. You know how it has yeah, the little yeah. metal pieces I, that connects the poles. I get it. I don't have a clue what you call it though. A ferrule. A ferrule. Okay. So when you move, or when every move you can make in chess hurts you, or even in any way in life it hurts you, it's called a. No idea. Zugswag. Swang. Zug swang. Zug swang. Hmm. Okay. And then the swooshy sound that ball gowns make. It would be like any type of silk material. <laughs> There's a name for it other Apparently, than swooshy sound? No idea. A scroop. A scroop? Okay. <laughs> makes sense, maybe. <laughs> so the thing that you use to dot a lowercase i is called... A dot. <laughs> <laughs> a tittle. A tittle. Hmm. You're a I'm, tittle man. I'm pretty sure if when I was learning how to dot my lowercase i, if I would have called it a tittle, I'd have been in detention. <laughs> <laughs> pretty sure. I thought it was kind of funny, but I can guarantee you boys would never forget to dot their tittle or tittle their eyes. Tittle their eyes. They should. <laughs> exactly. You should. They are missing an opportunity for people to never forget this. So, Education this I was going to look up. I even put the question mark by it, and I forgot because I don't know. But you used to be a pizza maker. Yeah, I so, did. So, um, a tiny plastic table protecting your pizza is a pizza saver. It was patented in 1983, and it has protected countless... I don't know of any plastic table. I know what they're talking about. Nobody around here, no places around it's here use them. It's a pizza saver, though. Nobody around here uses I them, but the in name. other places I have lived, used these very extensively. It literally looks like a little white table. Like my cake things like, that I put the like cakes on for a, wedding cakes? this big, tiny, teeny tiny, but looks like a table. Is that like to, keep the, cardboard it's to up keep the cardboard off of up the, off oh. of the pizza? That's what it's I've for. seen those before then. That's what it's for. So I was thinking under the pizza. It's on top, it's on of, the top pe- of the pizza. Okay. So right it's a pizza middle. saver. Yep. That makes sense. Okay. So this thing is the excessive weight you gain from emotional eating. Its translation actually means grief bacon. <laughs> no idea. Cumberspeck. Cumberspeck. Okay. I deal with cumberspeck. Mm-hmm. I love bacon. (laughs) (laughs) So the uncontrollable feeling you get from overindulging. And this term actually dates back to the 1530s. Okay. No idea. Crapulous. Crapulous. It doesn't seem like the right word. (laughs) You're 
full of crap yeah. uncomfortable feeling from overindulging yeah that makes sense to me it's a bun- okay. you're full of crap yeah full of shit yep so this is a triangular bump on the inside corner of your eye and it's just skin covering the sweat gland. You know the little <laughs> Yeah, I know what thing? you're talking about. Don't have a clue. Car uncle. Car uncle. Car uncle. So like mine would be more of a Carmichael because I have an uncle named Mike and Carmichael makes more sense to me. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Carmichael is actually the last name of a dirt biker. So no. Mm, well, okay. No, okay. no, no. Okay, so... That the made me think of something completely different in a word that is not going to be on your list, but never mind. Keep going. <laughs> well, if it's not on the list, what is it? Cussy. Cussy? Yeah. I feel like that's on my list. It is... Um, something you don't know. Pornography yeah. between... The characters in the movie Cars. <laughs> I learned about this this week. <laughs> I don't even want to know how. And I oh, there's honestly, diagrams. <laughs> I don't want to even know. I don't want to know. Yep, there's a whole. I don't even want to know how base. you came across this. There's a whole fan base behind it. You're a pervert. <laughs> I am not part of that fan base. Please tell me it was something you read on Reddit real quick. It was something I saw on somebody cover on a stream, a political stream that I watch. Oh, my gosh. Anyways, that was crazy. Mm. Okay. So the fold of skin between your nose and upper lip is. I've heard this before Uh, and I couldn't remember it. I don't know. Filtrum. Filtrum. Okay. So the. Next thing is the technical term of the nap of your neck. No. I've always known it just as the nap, nap of, of your, your neck. neck. Yeah. It's a nitic. A nitic. Okay. So, okay. It, the obsessive nose picking is called. <laughs> this is a bunch of uh, like K through freaking. Pickaroo. Older Ian even. A pickaroo? I don't know. No, that's for logging. Oh. I used a pickaroo this summer. Okay. I did. I'm not arguing. And I almost jabbed myself in the leg. Okay, anyways, it is, well, you know what rhinoplasty is? Yeah, it's a nose job. Okay, so you know rhino has to be in this. Yeah. Okay, so rhinotelexmania. Rhinotelexmania. Okay. Okay, so the fear of, you might know this, the fear of bald people. The fear <laughs> of bald It's also the fear of becoming bald. It's both. Hmm. I don't know. I am very, very bald, but I do not know the <laughs> answer to You're not very, this very bald. You have hair on the sides on of the your head, On the sides too. of my head, I have hair, but I shave it off to be very, very bald because the middle has no hair. <laughs> it does a little. Very, very little. But you do shave the top of your head because there is very, very little up yes, there. Yes, I do. Okay, so it is paladiphobia. Paladiphobia. It sounds like phobia of Pilates. I was thinking feet. Pilates. When I first read it, I was thinking like a pedophile. 
pedophobia. Okay, yeah, pedophile is not feet. Pedophile is somebody who's like diddling kids. <laughs> That's the wrong word. I, I know it's not that word, but when you look at the word, yeah, I get that's it. what you think of. I get it. Yeah. It's almost like uh um when I started working at that wall one call center and it's dentistry and people are calling for the kids and it's the <laughs> frick. It's a uh, pediatric treatment. But it's not the, pediatric. Yeah, That's medical. Yeah. But it's a pediodontist. Uh, oh, okay. when So yeah. when you see the word, you, you're kind of taken back like a, a pedio what? <laughs> <laughs> Pet- what? There's somebody that specializes <laughs> in that I and it's was, legal? I was not the only female. There were like 30 of us in this training class and all of us females were like, what are we sending these kids to? Like, yeah. uh, that's funny. So yeah, okay. So the next thing is a fear of your mother-in-law. Oh my god! Whatever this word is, I have it. I know you do, but I don't know the word. It's pantherophobia. Pantherophobia. And also for father-in-law. No idea. I... Soccerophobia. Soccerophobia. Okay. It reminds me of Socrates. Yeah. I don't know why. Okay, so the fear of peanut butter sticking to the roof of your mouth. Who knew that was an actual fear? That's a weird fear. I know. No idea. Uh, excuse me. <laughs> I was suffering from this. No, I'm just kidding. No peanut butter. So a rack, a patu- this I can't pronounce. It's like 15, 16 letters long. A rack. Arachabatutiaphobia. Arachabatutiaphobia. Okay. Yeah. Can I'll you, buy it. Can you pronounce it? No. <laughs> look at how long that word is. It's a long ass word. So if anyone wants to look, it's number 26 on the list. I dare you to try. <laughs> so the next thing is... Um, Why can't I pronounce that word? You got to edit this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a simple word, and I can pronounce all the big ones. I don't know. I can't even see all the letters. D E C E I T. I never saw any of those letters that you're pointing at, so I don't know. I'm not. I was covering the bigger word. Oh, I. D E C E I T. Deceit? Deceit. There we go. Easy word. Okay. That's why I said you have to edit that. You better not leave that in. I'll kick your ass. Okay. So, deceit by Scandinavians. Okay. No idea. Scandinavari. Okay. I don't know if you can pronounce that any better. I'm sure not. I Scan- went through. Yeah, no. Some of these I went through beforehand and I like spelt out i listened to it mm-hmm. spelt out this one had no no nothing to pronounce yeah. it okay so indent on the bottom of a wine bottle i actually knew this one i've heard this but i don't remember i knew this because i've been to too many of those wine parties <laughs> it's a punt okay i've heard that before i but i would have never remembered it i didn't remember it and i've heard it more than once yeah Okay, so 
the wire cage that keeps a cork in a bottle of champagne. No clue. A graphy. Also a muzzlet. Hmm. So, beer foam. Spear foam? It's beer foam. <laughs> it's, it's barm. Barm. So it's a byproduct of yeast hitting the buffet of your beer. Okay. So another name for a hangover? Tomorrow. <laughs> I'm so going to use this though. Zings. Zings. You know what it reminds me of? Hmm. Anytime I'm drinking, what's one of the big things I usually ask for? I don't know. Raspberry zingers. Yeah, you do. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be like, and I'll wake up and I'll be like, ooh, I ate too many raspberry zingers. <laughs> I have the zings today. Yep. <laughs> so the cardboard sleeve around your coffee. I feel like I've heard this recently, but I don't know. I remember it. watching a documentary, so I know I've heard this, but I don't re- I didn't remember it. A zarf. A zarf. I've definitely heard that recently. I don't remember where. So I'm sure some video somewhere or something, but So the string of symbols in a comic strip used for profanity is called I didn't know there was a name for that. I know. No idea. Grolix. Grolix. Mm-hmm. So it's like that makes sense. I mean, sign, sounds like sign, a yeah. asterisk. Yeah. So a word that can be its own antonym is called a. I don't know. Contronym. So it's like contronym. Okay. You see your makes sense. lawn. Yeah. It. You add seeds, but. It, you can also seed a tomato, which removes Moves the them. seeds, yeah. So the warmth of the sun on a cold day is, I pray I never forget this word. I even thought that when I first read it. Apercity. Okay. Because I could see myself in negative 30 degrees and you get a little bit of warmth mm-hmm. from the sun, which rarely happens in yeah. those temperatures. Yes. So a book thief is called a a book thief. A book thief. Apparently, there's a name. Uh, I don't know. A biblioclept. Okay, that makes sense. Biblioclept. That totally makes sense. Mm-hmm. So, but you had no clue there was a name for it. I didn't, but once you put them together, it makes sense. Like, so the five dot pattern found on a dice. And apparently Thomas Edison had a tattoo on his left forearm of this. Really? Mm-hmm. Hmm. It's a quincunz. A quincunz. Mm-hmm. That sounds dirty. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so the joy you feel thinking about good things that will happen. Hmm. No idea. For Frida. For Frida. Okay. I feel like I've heard that before. Okay, so a person known by one name, like Adele, Madonna, Cher. Ooh, I've heard this before. Me too. But I, once again, I can't tell you what it is. As soon as I say it, you're going to be like, I'm sure. I should have known that. Mononymous. Yep, 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 yep. <laughs> it's yep, like yep. monogamous. Yep. <laughs> I have so, definitely heard that before. A group of ponies is called. My Littles? No! <laughs> <laughs> No. No idea. 
string. A string of ponies, huh? A string of ponies. Like, I'm surprised I didn't know that because, like, every once in a while I'll look up, like, what's the name of a group of things and are they funny? And I'll read through them and I'm surprised I've never... <laughs> I'm, su- I'm sure I've read that before. I'm surprised I didn't commit it to memory at all. Funny. So, an assembly of ferrets is... No idea. Business. A business of ferrets. I know. That's cool. So a group of de- jellyfish. Group of jellyfish. They have the wrong word. A group of jellyfish. Nope, nope, no idea. Smack. A smack of jellyfish. Should be a zap. A zap would be cool. <laughs> yeah. So a group of whales. No idea. Gam. A gam of whales. Huh. And also a gam is a pleasant conversation between whales. <laughs> a group of crows is known as... A group of what? Crows. Crows. That is a murder of crows. Wow, you knew that. Okay, so a group of ravens... No idea. ...is unkindness. <laughs> so three or more, three or more goats in a, in a trip... Oh, shit. I just said it. A trip? It's a trip. You can also call them a herd yeah, I didn't, or a I tribe. Didn't, I did not know that. This I knew. Many owls form a... I don't know. Parliament. A parliament. Because parliament you of think owls. of the wise yep. owl. Yep. Although I don't feel our parliament is very yeah. wise. Not really. But Anyways. You know. um, a group of donkeys? Nope. No idea. Is a pass. A pass of asses. A pass of asses, yeah. That was the end of it. Cool, cool. Hey, I knew like one. (laughs) (laughs) I I knew one. I didn't know the murder. I did know the parliament, though. Because I was like, I bet the parliament was called that because they see owls and it's wise. Wise owls. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. That's really cool. Or That was a cool list. I'm about list. to make things not cool, so of that was a really cool are. list. This of is this are. next story is definitely not cool. You're not a B positive, I understand. Oh no, not this story for sure. So and this is how we're gonna end it tonight. It is. This is how we're ending it tonight. This is a good I'm one. I'm so sorry, everybody. It's a good, so good, sorry. good one. <clears throat> Doctors in Texas have published a case study of a man. Who started ejaculating from his rectum? What? <laughs> uh, uh, what? Um, come to find out, not only was he ejaculating from his rectum, but um, he was urinating feces for two years before he went to the doctor. <laughs> so things were a little messed up down there. Things were a little messed up down there. Okay. Uh, it was a 33 so year old man. Is a he? Was he born a Marhat? No. Nope. What is the word? Hermaphrodite. No, he was not. He is. He is a he. He is just went. a he. Nope. Okay. Did not have any. I had have, to ask because that was my first he thought. Did not, like there was he's surgery. not somebody who's had bottom surgery. No. Okay. Because no. that's not on. No. I mean, I mean, it's uncommon, but yeah, it's the hermaphrodite not, parts yeah. uncommon. Yeah. It happens, but the whole. Yeah. No. <laughs> he did not have bottom surgery. He actually had something else. Something that he actually had something common. else done. That is very common that I will get to in just a moment. He had a prostate enlargement. Nope. He's 33 years old. Turned up for medical care after experiencing pain in one of his testicles. 
for okay. five days. Said it's been five days. He's had pain. Um, and he had a substantial amount of urine and sperm coming out of his rectum. Which Ooh. Is gross. Um, there's a name for this. <laughs> we just went over names for some for stuff. This is uh, Numatrina is the name. Numatrina is the name for experiencing um, sperm coming out of your rectum. <laughs> oh, uh, this Ow. also causes gas. I that guy probably never had babies, did he? Uh, I, I'm guessing not. Um, maybe he did earlier in life. It's possible because actually. Oh my god! Did he end up with cancer or something? What happened was um, he was in an ac- a car accident a few years earlier, and a simple catheter was <gasps> stuck in. Oh too my far. god! Oh, this poor person. The oh, catheter was screwed up, stuck in too far. It caused the insides to you know bleed into each other basically and yes everything was backwards and oh. come to find out it's actually not that i mean it's uncommon don't get me wrong but it's not that uncommon and it happens more often than we might think and it's one of the reasons there's actually a group of doctors trying to push to do cathing less if you don't absolutely positively need to do it because it can lead to things like this which can absolutely ruin your and life and it probably happens more in nursing homes yeah people I'm sh- who are disabled yeah. and need to have them yeah oh but because oh. i've had this, one once for a surgery mm-hmm. and i've I never had one i had a I job had where it. i had to clean people who had who had them which was not yeah fun, and but. i didn't even know i had one but i couldn't understand why it was to the bathroom are feeling the need to go yeah and they were like well okay yeah okay so they this is you know this is uncommon but it is around one person for every two hundred thousand person people per year that it comes out that they usually don't experience things quite as bad as this guy did this guy experienced things really bad because he was experiencing them for years before seeking help so he was experiencing uh, he probably thought he had diarrhea or something. Probably, probably, but Aww. yeah. So I just thought I saw this, and the headline, of course, is what caught caught me. It's just a headline. It's just always says, the headline. Man ejaculates from anus, urinates feces for two years before seeking help. <laughs> I'm like, that's insane. That would be me because I would be going. No doctor wants to help me. They just send me home with some bullshit thing because they're just done dealing with it. Yeah. Yeah, and here, you know, all along, it was a medical professional who caused this damage. Uh huh. You know, that's and, usually. How I mean, obviously that that happens at that age. How something like that would happen? Yep. Oh, that poor person. Yep. So, so sad. Yeah, that is sad. So, short and sweet, but definitely not fun. Not fun. Not, not fun, fun at, at all. all. And uh, if you have any stories about, you know. Ejaculating from your <laughs> anus. <laughs> no, thank you. you. No. You can always send us an email at outlandishoutcasts at gmail.com. Otherwise, you can come leave us a comment or I have no idea. Leave a post <laughs> on. Sorry, that last art story just blew my mind. Um, on Facebook at Outlandish Outcast. And definitely like and follow us there and share, share, share. Yes. We're also on Twitter, Outlandish Casts. So you can follow us there. We do tweet out every once in a while. 
<laughs> like once every two weeks. Yeah, you know, when if the episode I, comes out. If I remember <laughs> to post, because I don't know if I did the last episode or not. I, I try. I try, people. I really do. I try. But I am people. a busy girl. Busy and people. this is why we went to once every two weeks. Yes. And I still feel like a slack lacker. Otherwise, you can definitely follow us on Instagram at Outlandish Outcast Podcast. Definitely love and follow us there and share, share, share. Or you can leave a rating or review in whatever application you're listening to this podcast on right now. And definitely let everyone know I am the funny one, the positive one. Yeah, after my stories tonight, I get it. I'm not funny. You're not funny. You're <laughs> so the Debbie Downer. I am the Debbie womp, Downer. Womp, I am the womp. Debbie Downer. Someday they'll come up with a word for that. Negative Nancy. Anyway, have a Karen. good week, everybody. Bye.